Hello, everyone. This is Pritam Atma from the Mystical Motherhood Pod- Podcast. I am the author of Mystical Motherhood, Fertile, and Alchemy of Becoming, which are all available on Amazon and available at my website, mysticalmotherhood.com. I am a reproductive nurse practitioner working in an IVF center in the New York area, and I also work with women privately all over the world to help them consciously conceive and use various spiritual technologies to clear generational patterns, heal, and become active participants in their own well-being in life. And I bring on awesome guests on this podcast, and I also speak alone, but I focus on bringing on guests that that will reflect your own healing or reflect the processes that you're going through in your spiritual awakening, specifically within your body, within your, your mind, your soul. And they're outside of the box. And I have a guest today. Her name is Diane Skies. She's amazing. I personally met her and she's a good friend of mine. And she's a coach, a physiologist, and a healer who's incredibly intuitive. She um, uses a a combination of fitness, nutritional coaching, along with an energy healing to activate your body, mind, and soul. So she really looks at the whole body system to help you heal and get on track within the physical body. And we know that this is incredibly important for fertility and for women in general who have, you know, had children or even if you're preparing to have them. So we had a really good conversation about um, her background and the body in general and how important it is to connect to your body when you're becoming more intuitive or you're needing guidance. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast with her. I'll continue to do private podcasts coming up with speaking about my newest book, Alchemy of Becoming, which really looks at the ancient spiritual technology of the Emerald Tablet. It's a fabulous, amazing piece. My books on conscious conception, uh, Mystical Motherhood and Fertile are also available. And I have three courses uh, available online for you. One is called Healing Generational Patterns. One is called Alchemy of Becoming, and it goes hand in hand with my newest book. Um, It takes you through each stage of the awakening process. And then I also have an online course on conscious conception, which combines all my work into one easy to do course um, in your home. If you want to work with me privately, please reach out to me at www.mysticalmotherhood.com or email me at mysticalmotherhood at gmail.com. If you liked this podcast, please leave a rating, share this with your friends on social media. It really, really helps. I appreciate the support and I hope you enjoy. So welcome, Diane. I am so excited. I looked through your awesome website and I know you personally. And I know how much passion you have for what you do and how long you've been doing it. And I'd love to hear from everyone who's listening how that changed over time. So I always had passion for the field of, you know, babies and and mothers. And I was basically on a I mean, I'm, I'm kind of reading you right now as I ask these questions, but I was on a, I was on a basic level. Like I'm going to go to school and I'm going to do this and it's going to look like this. And then it became quantum for me. And the things that I began to see and the, and the gaps in care and the things that women really needed to work on, you know, within themselves and really what the energetics of conscious conception and, and being a mother are, I really got into my career and worked on that. And I feel like that kind of was your trajectory too. 
Do you want to tell us about that? Sure. Yeah. I'm hoping that my internet connection is okay. Yeah. It, it, very similar in that I really, I mean, my, my passion for wanting to help people be healthy has never wavered. And I knew that was the calling forth from my soul since my first memories. However, it took a lot of twists and turns because I spent many years doing what I thought I should do because it was, I perceived that the mysticism and the more esoteric approach to healthcare was for the birds. It wasn't acceptable. It was not what you do. It wasn't, you know, it just wasn't, I, I felt like I was always judged, like, get your head out of the clouds. So it, pu it pulled me into allopathic medicine, which I'm so grateful for. And so I did the traditional route. I um, was even, I applied and gotten into medical school, and I kind of had this really um, deep spiritual movement through me, and I'll never forget it. And it was just experiencing watching a bypass surgery being performed and kind of saying, I really feel like there are more than one way to, to heal a human heart. Like I don't have to crack somebody's chest open at the point at which it may even be too late to help heal the human heart. There's got to be another way to this. And so that was many years ago. And since then, it's just been a peeling back of the lab coat, peeling back of the stethoscope. And I'm grateful because I have that allopathic background. And I'm the first one to say, look, if somebody needs a beta blocker, because it's going to save their lives, then I'm all for it. Like, thank God for Western medicine, because it's given us so much that we wouldn't have otherwise had. So it's it's about the marriage and it's about coming to a place where we can actually see that science and magic are the same thing when it comes to really understanding this magnificent organism that we get to live in for the time that we're here. We have so much power. We have so much ancient wisdom inside our cells every molecule of our being can tell us something wonderful about the experience of being alive and that just fascinates me and it's just how we get to utilize it and all of it right not just okay I don't feel good let me go to the doctor like that doesn't even scratch the surface of the story of what it is to be human and what it is to be in this beautiful this beautiful spacesuit, right? <laughs> can I ask for everyone who's listening, can you describe what it is that you do for women? So, you know, like if, so you, what do you do when you work with women and, and how do you enter, you know, I know that you have a big background in body work and then you are, I would love to hear about the gene code and these different things. Like when you work with a woman and a client, how does, what happens? Well, it really depends on the client because the work is so customized to really what, what a woman's needs actually are. So it really, it starts with what I call a bioenergetic session. And that's an opportunity to basically screen somebody. So as a physiologist, we first look at, you know, the, the corporeal weight of the body. Like what are, what are the systems that may be out of harmony 
And first and foremost, any woman that I work with, I make sure that they understand that there's absolutely nothing wrong with them. I think that many, many women, specifically women, really just give their, they give their biology away, right? They, they have no sovereignty. They go to the doctor. It's like, I don't feel well. And then whatever the doctor says is like, okay, well then I guess I'll just go do this. But no one is going to know as well as you do what feels really good to your body, but we've lost the power of our own intuition for, for self-regulation. So part of the bioenergetic session is really just looking at all the systems of the body. Where, where is it out of harmony, right? There's nothing broken, but we just may be out of harmony. In physiology, we work off of biofeedback, right? So everything is kind of in a negative feedback loop. Negative meaning when you have a surge of one hormone, another hormone has to downregulate in order to keep the body in what we call homeostasis, this beautiful set of, of balance. Everything is working copacetically, right? So we do this bioenergetic session and we really look at two things. We do a functional movement screen. So it's looking at the musculoskeletal system and seeing where the joints aren't perhaps in the, in the best spot and not just in the best spot so that we have better range of motion. It's also if your musculoskeletal system is misaligned. Not only are you going to feel pain and not only are you going to experience some, some joint issues, you're going to have limited range of motion, but it's also about your connection to the cosmos. So many, many women that I work with are leaders, they're executives, they understand that they have this, this deeper connection to the planets. And when you're out of alignment, your opportunity right? Your, your aspects are not receiving the frequencies that are actually available that help to nourish the cellular structures and keep the organs vital. So this is a big piece of my work. It's not just, okay, structurally, we can create better range of motion, but we can also create better energetic range of motion. Because when you're able to receive those higher frequencies. It is like a cascade of thousands of healing chemicals for your body. And it puts you in a biofeedback loop that is for vitality and also creativity and sensuality and prosperity. So it's all related. Your ability to circulate energy within the body is your ability to create, your ability to, to be fertile, your ability to, to circulate money, to be prosperous in all aspects of your life. Um, so, and then the bioenergetic screen, right? The functional energetic screen is the same thing, but we're looking at the chakra system and we're seeing, okay, where are we perhaps out of alignment and once we do that, once we go through this bioenergetic session, then I create what I call a dossier, right? For many years, it was always like prescription. It's like, okay, let's have a little bit more with this. This is a dossier. This gets to be fun because the work that you do on your body is the most important, most delightful work you'll ever do of your life. This isn't about a workout plan and a diet and I have to stick to these things. And if I don't, I have to take a pill. This is really 
falling so deeply, so madly in love with yourself and your own rhythms and your own intuition. And so from that point on, it's, it's discovering really how to use your sensory input like a ninja, right? So I notice that I am, I am having a taste for an orange. Oh, perhaps I need some vitamin C. I mean, it really gets to be that point. I always use that example because one of my clients, she, it was like the most empowering thing for her the day she was like, I get it now. I am, my body is requiring vitamin C and that's why I'm having a taste for something citrusy. I'm like, it's that easy. You don't need me to tell you to eat more citrus. You tell you that. But we train the systems to remember what's already encoded, what's already there. You know, it's interesting as I compare that to women, you know, have been on birth control for many years and they don't know when they ovulate. Like I, when I first conceived my children before, I don't, think I even thought of it. I just luckily conceived. I just, you know, but I I feel that in so many ways we turn our bodies off and and particularly with birth control for, you know, 10, 15 years, you don't even know we're taught to turn all these, the system off. And then it's another form of losing our power. So not only have we lost our intuitive power, we've lost the power of our body. And when I was going through my own awakening experience for many, many years, I had to start with my body. Nothing I couldn't, I mean, I see it with everyone. Like I, I invited a, a girlfriend to the last um, girls weekend and she was very new to Kundalini yoga and she and I were meditating and we're having such different experiences. All she's experiencing is pain is pain in her body. Right. And I'm up in the skies flying around having, you know, these visceral, my mind is gone. Like I'm out of my body. And, and but you have to go through these different layers of self, like the body, the emotional body, the phys- you know, the, the, the mental body, and then you go into the spiritual body to really understand all the spirit and all, you know, this, and then the 10 body system. And so you, I believe the first step of it, and that's why I talk about Maslow's hierarchy in my first book, you know, mystical motherhood is because you have to have the basics of the body down to move anywhere into higher spirituality. Do you that's- agree? Oh, absolutely. And I, I think it's, it's well, first, we've been indoctrinated into this kind of giving our physical power away because, well, we don't even have to get into all of the reasons why. It's just, it's just evident that that is what has happened. And it always, always comes back to the body. The body never lies. The body never lies. It is our greatest map. It is our greatest expedition. And it is it is so easy that it's almost profound how much we take it for granted. Because even this sensation of ovulating, it it is a sensation. And there are there are side effects that when a woman actually slows down enough. And we're not talking slowing down like, okay, you know, I have to really tune in and tune everything else out. No, I mean, you just simply practice the art of always kind of having an introspective experience, right? It's, it's, it's having a direct experience with your human body. So one of the easiest things that I offer is play with your five senses, especially if you're having 
um, a moment of feeling really out of your body, really anxious, really like you were just saying, like, or, or if you're trying to conceive and it gets to be kind of this cycle of like, now it's an anxiety. Now it's built up. You're projecting out to the future. You know, we spend a lot of time in our thoughts, which is great. I mean, a thought is a chemical experience and it's part of being human and it's also wonderful, but it's not everything. And I think many of us just become our thoughts and stop being aware. So I call it floating head syndrome. where like everything, all the actions happen in from here up and there's like no attachment from here down at all whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It's like, I put food in, I don't know where it goes. <laughs> I was thinking all this stuff and I don't know what my body's doing. I don't realize that I haven't moved in seven hours or, you know, I didn't realize that I ovulated and, and not that it's necessary to always be aware of that, but when you are, I mean, think of the power. It's that so powerful. And, and I'm experiencing that now really on a lot of levels as I work through all these systems in my own body, the level of intuition Mm-hmm. is profound because it, it is a, it is the, the deeper I go in my body, the, 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 the more my intuition is ex- exponentially correct. So for example, if I'm, you know, around the wrong person, my mind will say a story that, you know, this person's fine. It's no big deal, but you know, like I can create some long story about it. My body always tells me the truth. My body will tell me this is trauma. This is, you know, scary. This is like, it doesn't feel right. Um, and so now I'm learning actually to not my, as much go, I mean, cause I'm a seer and I'm, I can see that, you know, I'm a seer and I'm a knower and I hear and I'm clear. I know all those clairaudient, clarescent. I don't even know the words for them because it doesn't matter. Doesn't but I, matter. I see, feel and know things. And I can walk in these worlds, but then it's my body that sometimes is in the physical realm of this 3D world you know, says this is wrong and not as right. And it's so simple. And it's like, why didn't I listen when I knew that something felt wrong? Why didn't I listen to my body? And I have to teach women that if your body is saying, if you're having a dis, a dissonance between your mind and your body, you stop and listen to the body because the body's right. Body never lies. And it's okay. It's, it's part, I believe of a, of a, a spiritual journey, you know, that all of us are on in this human form and, and there's no, there's no right or wrong here. You know, some people may not be interested in an interrelationship with our bodies and that's okay. And it's, it's, it's scary for a lot of people. Like you had mentioned before to tap in and actually experience pain. And we've been taught to really fear pain, physical pain, emotional pain, spiritual pain, past traumas. Like it's all here for us simply in the body as the cellular imprinting that we can actually go in and explore. Yeah. And, and you know, exactly well. I, I have a teacher and one of my greatest teacher, I don't know if I've ever told you Abdi and I've probably mentioned Abdi on the podcast. His name is Abdi Electrica or something. I mean, and he's full of like consciousness and electric energy. So he has a very interesting name and, and he's changed my life several times, but he's a part of, you know, bringing back this new world whatever, I'm not going into him, but he, he's really opened my heart. And in my last book, Alchemy Becoming, I really go through the process of the heart opening, you know, the heart opening of humanity and the heart opening of humanity goes back to what you were saying. Do you want your heart to be opened by a doctor or do you want to open it yourself? Because 
like we were on a trip and we were in Costa Rica and it was, everybody was scared to travel because of COVID. And this guy sat down and goes, I was so scared to travel because of COVID because I have this heart disease. And he's a part of our soul family. And, and Abdi had said to him, if you don't come to Costa Rica, they're going to open your heart for you. Either I'm going to open it and then it's going to be an energetic opening and it's going to be just as painful or you're going to have to go through a surgery, but somebody's going to open it. And that's really what's happening right now. And, and we asked him, like, how are we going to get to the times as they continue to, sorry to say, worsen yeah. and um, potentially, you know, always change and always be in this like unknown environment. He says, the only way to get through it in a really conscious way is to go into the heart center. And that's, you know, I hear people saying all the time, I can't feel, I can't feel. And it's because you're, you're so in your head. And then when you begin to drop into that heart center, once that trauma is healed, which is what I talk about in Alka Becoming, once that trauma is healed and once that pain is, is you know, a, you can understand it and see where it came from and peel the onions back of your heart, it's very easy to go in the heart center and then you feel the peace. And then the mind doesn't exist. And there's no pain in there. There's no, it doesn't matter what happens on the outside. It doesn't matter about a vaccine. It doesn't matter about being in your house. It doesn't matter if you're in nature. It sort of doesn't matter. It, it is under, do you agree with me? Yeah. It's so, it's so relieving when we actually settle into that. What happens is that it's, it's literally my description of it. My, my personal experience of it is the, the soul finally settles into every nook and cranny of the physical body, right? So you have this, again, this bigger energetic alignment of your 10 body system from subtle body through your radiant body. And when you come into that, it's, it's, it does not matter what chaos is in the external environment. You're good. You are aligned. Musculoskeletally, chakras align. You are, you are a person of substance. You are an elemental person, right? Because you are also now in command of the five elements within you, the five elements without and you know how to wield the energy of not just your 10 bodies, but everything available to you. Because the, the energy, it, it's, energy is never, ever going to be gone. It can't be destroyed. It can only be transformed. That is Newton's law. And that is just, that's nature's law. And so our ability as humans to be able to wield that it's the heart because the physiology of the heart what does the heart do with every beat the heart pushes oxygenated blood out into the entire working system with nourishment and the stronger this heart muscle is the more forceful the contraction the more blood gets pumped out to the entire body with less effort so think about that. This is quantum physiology. This is why I've gone into quantum physiology because the efficiency of your heart muscle creates timelessness. You now are in a vertical space of, of, of time, right? You're above time because one beat of a strong heart powers the entire body with enough nutrients to sustain itself to then move forward. 
Whereas a weak heart has to pump maybe five or six times to get that same amount of blood out. And that five or six times is actually taxing the heart muscle, creating lactate, or in this case, other byproducts of this work, which start to calcify the arteries. And as those arteries harden, they become less, they have less contractile properties. So now the heart has to work even harder. So you see how, and then there's a cascade of hormones that are created with that, that are damaging. And to go back to your point about everyone, everyone has the ability to be clairvoyant, to be clairaudient, to be, to be a seer. We all, that is part of being human. It's actually quite normal. And when we even just understand that our bodies are sending us a signal, this person, there's something here. It's a, it's a pheromone. It's a protection. A person who's in fight or flight is actually emitting a pheromone that is a repellent. Interesting. It's a repellent. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's how we survived, right? If we were running away from uh, a predator in prehistoric times, we had to be able to get literally the energy that was readily available within our muscles, which is a very limited supply, but we had to be able to utilize that really quickly, which creates a lot of, a lot of byproduct, right? It's like running across the street as fast as you can. After like you do it, you're like, ooh, you're out of breath. Your heart rate goes up. Your blood pressure goes up. You feel the burn of your muscles. Your eyes are dilated. You also put off a smell. That if you are in tune, you smell that fear on other people. Hence <laughs> the cliche, smell the fear, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah, you know, uh, three things about this is so, that's like so much you're talking about. The first is my, my second book, Fertile, talks about exactly what you're talking about with creating this field. And I describe it as nature. I said, what is fertility? And I didn't even write this. They wrote this. Hmm. And it was, you know, and they said, explain fertility as, you know, you're walking in nature. When you're all your senses are completely connected. And then you, you, you know, and I described fertility as like, what does the water sound like in, in, in this, you know, wilderness you're in? And in the course I created online, it's, it's like, what does the water sound like in, in, in your field that you're creating? What is the, is it hot? You know, how's the fire? You know, is, is, how is, is the air, is there a storm? Is it, is it blowing wind or is the wind calm? And it's, you know, in those natural environments where you feel so at peace, that's fertility. But when one of those elements is off and then the system's off, then the senses are off, then your experience of the environment's off. And then second, with alchemy becoming, um, well, I, was, I wanted to say something about it. It was so profound. It's exactly related to your work. But the third thing I wanted to mention, I'll, I'll go back to that when I remember, but the smell. And I remember in my book, I wrote about a lot about dating different men. And there was a couple, particularly one, that I couldn't stand the smell of. And I was too, I didn't know how to date because I'd never dated in my life. And I, I hated his smell. It made me sick. It made me nauseous. And it was mm -hmm. my, he was not my partner. And it was my body saying, run, right? But I didn't understand. And then I went to my teacher, Tej. And I said, you know, I can't read this man because I was still learning and I was still in trauma. So when you're in that trauma, you know, place, you can't, you don't know your fear. You're always in fight or flight. So you can't tell who's an enemy and who's not. You know, the, this animal part of yourself, your whole body system's not intact. 
And she said to me, sometimes men know how to change their smell because in the middle of our relationship, he changed his smell. And I remember thinking, I like it better now. How did that happen? And she said to me, without knowing any of it, she goes, sometimes some men are chameleons and they know in order to, to win a woman, they, they have a natural smell and then they'll change their smell midway. And just like an animal. And Tasha, that, and I thought it was, I was like, wow. Well, it's also, I would also add to that, that when you are, see, it, it's the interaction. It's, it's, all, it's all chemistry. When you're in fight or flight, because you're like, this man isn't for me, you're also emitting a pheromone. So when you alleviate your own system, your smell changes and the interaction of another human smell, their radiance, their frequency, your frequency, it's a whole new chemical cocktail. So you're going to take in something different. It's like you ever have, I'm sure you've had this experience, every woman has, where it's like you wore perfume for years and it was like your favorite perfume, right? And it's like maybe you were 17, 18 years old. It's like, this is my perfume. I love this perfume, right? And um, I remember for me, like I love this like original Burberry and it was like so, it was like a little bit musky and I wore it like into college. And then I switched and I went, you know, to other things. And I recently went back and I put it on and I was like, wow, it smelled not remotely musky. It was like floral on me because my biochemistry has changed so much. And even the way that you're, you can also relate this back to the belly and coming into your microbiome and your gut flora and how you are, you are grooming a garden in there and it is constantly changing depending on how you are acclimating to different environments, different relationships, different experiences. Just the simple fact that this spacesuit is actually aging chronologically, even if we as souls are not, even if we are in this time-space continuum, we still live in a finite container. And that's okay too. So it's, it's really just how you govern this, right? It's not about like anti-aging or living longer, any of this kind of stuff. It's like, can you be the governess of this suit that you live in, of this beautiful organism that you you get to maneuver, plus you've got intellectual thought, plus, you, I mean, it, it's not like the thoughts are bad. It's just, can you integrate all of it so that you have this just divine human experience? So even when you're scared, even when you're sad, I had a client the other day and she was just like, I am sad. And I'm like, let's fucking cry. It's so sensual. Let's just let the tears come because the second those tears come out, which we've been told, don't cry, shut it down. What's wrong? We're not supposed to, especially as women, especially as strong women. The, the alchemy of tears is so absolutely healing and so magical. And it's also a part of the heart opening process we're talking about that humanity is going to go through the oh, anger, geez. the tears and, and the not understanding the feeling lost. And, 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 you know, I'm hearing more and more people like I have a friend who's like, my chest is hurting. So he's in the cardiac lab getting everything done. He's young, 40 year old, you know, EKG, um, you know, all tr- troponin, all the different things, heart attack. Um, he did a CT scan. He's completely fine. I'm like, well, I explained to him, you know, the heart of humanity is opening and you haven't gone through your pain yet. 
Yeah. And, and until he does, and that's another thing about COVID. It's so interesting because it's affecting the lungs. Yeah. You know, that's the biggest thing that actually people are dying from. And so then it's the lungs, it's the heart and it's all connected. It's all connected. I mean, your cardiovascular system, your cardiovascular system. So your lung capacity, your, the ability of your lungs to take in the oxygen and actually have that gaseous transfer in, in the bronchioles. There's a gaseous exchange where we take in the air, we get it into the heart. So it starts in the lungs. And so if our lung capacity is diminished, our heart again has to work harder to get oxygenated blood to all of the working muscles. And it's creating these byproducts. And back to the pain, we, we all, you know, one of my spiritual teachers used to say to me, pain is a great acronym. It stands for pay attention inside now. Mm, that's awesome. And then repeat that again. And when we saw Pay attention inside now. Awesome. And that's all pain is. It's a simple signal. It's like, oh, okay, thanks, body. Thanks for telling me that. But instead, we've been told that pain is bad and to avoid it at all costs. But there's nothing really to fear in pain. It's super helpful. And is it pleasant? No. However, it's also part of being alive. And so the, the minute that we're able to take that in, and I do a lot of work with my clients and just, can we hold this pain? Can you hold the crying? Can you hold this? Let the crying come out because the second you do, it is beyond the mind. You can let go of the cerebral pressure and allow your body to do what it naturally is designed to do, which is metabolize whatever's there. Body's very opportunistic. It's going to take whatever nutrients are there, absorb them and utilize them. It's going to excrete the rest and move on. But when we suppress and when we numb and when we run and we evade and we hide and we deflect, it's literally putting you into a constant state of fight or flight. And the body is not designed to sustain that experience. The body is not designed to live through the sympathetic nervous system. The sympathetic drive is about survival. And the sympathetic drive cuts us off from our sensory experience in a way that's much more multi-dimensional than fight or flight, which is, oh my God, I'm going to die. My base needs, I have to handle, right? So you go back to Maslow. It's like, if my base needs aren't being met, I'm in sympathetic drive because I have to make sure that I survive. I got to get shelter. I got to get sex. I got to get food. I got to, uh, I'm going to die if I don't get these things, right? right? So, oh, so what happens is like, you may have the, the smell, but you're missing the pheromone because you're just, it, it, it's like, oh, I can't, I, there's an old, the old wives tale that you can't go swimming until at least 30 minutes after you eat. Now, as a physiologist, we can get into a lot of controversy around that because like maybe that's true, maybe it's not, but the, but the wives tale is if your body is busy digesting, we want to make sure that we're sending enough oxygenated blood 
to the stomach to digest, to the intestines to digest. And if we're swimming, then that oxygenated blood is going to go to the working muscles and it's going to leave you feeling cramped. There is some truth to that. I mean, you can go swimming right after you eat. It just may, you may get a cramp, but again, the body is very opportunistic. It's like, oh, we're required to swim right now. So let me shut down my digestion. Oh, we're in fight or flight. We're, we're so worried that like everything's going to run out. All the money is going to run out. There's not enough for everybody. I'm going to die. Oh my God. I'm in scarcity. I'm in lack. I'm missing. I'm missing. I'm missing what is actually there. My sight. I'm only seeing what isn't my smell. I could have smelled fear, but I missed it because I was like, so focused on, on, I'm going to die. And that's exactly what's happening on the planet right now. And it's this, I mean, I've talked about this in past podcasts, but there's a darkness on the planet and it's an outside force. And I could do a whole podcast on just that darkness. But if we're in the base needs of the Maslow's hierarchy discussed in mystical motherhood, you cannot get to these higher spiritual needs. And what's happening on the planet as we move into the Aquarian age is we all have to move into our heart center. We have to move into that Christ consciousness. And the way to keep us out of the heart center is to keep us in the lower three chakras. And that is the fight or flight stages and not being able to open the heart. And so in order for us to really get out of these fight or flight stages, we have to go through that pain of the heart, which creates that, you know, almost bipolar response of head to heart, head to heart, head to heart until you settle within the heart center and you become accustomed to the body and the needs of the body which are actually more powerful and you know than that needs of the mind they are the most it, the only way to ascend this planet is through your body and the only way the only way to make money is is is, is putting you know your aura down deep and connecting to your body the only way to to get off the planet is through the body it's not through leaving it and it's so fascinating. It's the spacesuit. It's the spacesuit because it's like the ultimate time travel. It's the time travel machine. It's uh, the, literally because how cool are we that like, you know, our souls chose in on the coveted life form. Like we're the top of the top of the top. And then of the human life form, we, our souls called in woman. So we got the top, top, top. So I'm always like, why are you wasting this luscious? Oh my God, you got, we got the mansion right. <laughs> on the hill. And the, you know, and we could have had like whatever, like a little cardboard box somewhere, but we didn't. So why not just really, really optimize all that is available to you? And, and I'll, you know, I'd love to offer the listeners one of the easiest ways to come into your body in actually feel the deepest sensation of safety is to have contact with your, your perineum and the earth. Okay. That's all that's root chakra that's locking in. So again, going back to musculoskeletal alignment, most humans sit and, and work in a sagittal plane, sagittal plane of motion, one, one planner, motion, meaning front to everything we do. We sit, it's like this kind of everything is, right? We walk, we up, we down. We don't do a lot of frontal plane movement, transverse plane movement. There are, we live in a multi-planar 
body, but we're living in this very one dimensional, one planar kind of way. And so our hips get really tight, particularly women. The pelvic bowl is out of kilter. So what does that mean? Well, your pelvis is what holds your reproductive organs. Your pelvis is also what has the ignition of that root to sacral to solar plexus chakra that when you when you line up that lower triangle, it is like whoosh, to the heart. Boom, that opens up that ability to be so much more receptive, right? So then now you're not only emitting your you're emanating through your radiant body, a love frequency. You're also so much more receptive. And I can get into how the cell, the cellular receptor sites actually open up to receive more when you're in that state of inner safety. The thing is, there is no external experience that's going to give you a sense of security, no amount of money, no man, no nothing. Even a hug from your own child isn't going to give you safety. You give that to yourself. So your perennium is in, in you know, many mystic sciences. The perennium is like, it's like the, um, the foot of the soul, literally. And when our hips aren't open, our opportunity, how how often, right? When your hips are not open, how often do you have the opportunity to actually feel your perineum make contact with the ground? You don't, because even though we are sitting in a chair, your perineum is like kind of closed in underneath your, your tushy. If you try to sit in easy pose, the legs don't open wide enough and you don't get that contact. That's why sitting in easy pose is so magnificent because if your hips are open, it automatically places your perineum into the floor. And the second that you have that, so if you're having trouble, you can actually take your heel and you can slide your heel up into your perineum. But anything you can do to get your perineum into contact with something that feels grounding it's an instant cascade of literally serotonin, oxytocin, a little melatonin in there. And you, you create that inner safety, like that inner, like, I'm okay. And then it's the reminder. It's the mantra. I have absolutely everything that I require already inside of me. I have enough blood. I have enough oxygen. I have enough nutrients. I have enough energy in stored fat. Hundreds of thousands of fat cells readily available for me to be able to run 13 or 14 back-to-back marathons without stopping. That's how much energy we have in stored fat in an average human. Right. And you don't get that level of chi from, you know, supplements. You don't get that level of chi from celery juice. You you get that, that chi, that energy is an internal resource, like a fountain. And it doesn't come from anything outside. And that healing doesn't come from anything outside. But I also want to ask you, as we move on, I, you've talked to me about gene codes And you're that you're you're proficient in this. It sounds like, and you studied with this man for a long time. I find that to be fascinating. Can you teach us what, how you integrate, you know, understanding gene codes into your sessions with women and getting in touch with their body? Yeah, it's the gene keys. The gene gene keys. Sorry. Yeah, that's okay. And uh, Richard Rod is he uh, calls himself kind of the great transmitter of this just huge, huge mystical 
body of teaching. It's, it's, it's basically a living library. And he spent, I don't know, almost 40 years at this point, really receiving these transmissions uh, based on the I Ching, based on human design, based on a lot of physiology, a lot of uh, genetics. And for so many years as scientists, it was always kind of, and you'll appreciate this too, because we all kind of in pre-med, it was like, you've got your junk DNA. I'm sure much like me, you probably were so repulsed by that statement. I remember even just in high school hearing that and being like, how could DNA be junk? (laughs) That's an oxymoron in and of itself. That doesn't make sense. DNA is the coding of our life. These codons are are what make us different than a monkey, than anything else. And our soul is locked into this. And so he... um, over these years, just really, really leaned into how we're all born with a certain, a certain genetic expression and how we can actually maximize our genetic potential in so many different ways. And although I feel really, um, excited in this body of work. What I love about the gene keys is how dumb I am every day. I mean, I am in, I am a constant student in awe of all the wisdom that is here for us. And I am a, I am a faithful student of Richard and the gene keys. And as I learn, I try every day to put those teachings into practical applications so I can transmute them into wisdom. And as I feel that I am, that is when I share. So that's the work I do with my clients. So it's, everybody has a hologenetic profile. In other words, it's very similar to a natal chart in the sense that the the very moment you were born and where you were born, it the way that you come, the way that your soul comes into the body and out into the planet, you express certain, certain, um, I don't want to say personality traits because it's really more than that, but you express a certain way of being. And that way of being could be traumatized and create a repression and create you living out um, what he calls a shadow, but it's this is not shadow work. I like to call this the seed. So you're kind of in this seed state, like it's more of a reactive state of being. So for example, in your hologenetic profile, on the outer layer of your hologenetic profile is really your activation sequence. It's like what you're here in the world to do, your life's work, your life's purpose, your evolution, like what you actually have to overcome in terms of the karma you brought in with you so that you can share your life's work with people. And in your, in the key of your life's work, you could have the gift of teamwork And in acidic state, when you are operating from that love frequency, that looks like synarchy, right? Like the great interdependent coming together in community of everyone. You orchestrate that. You are a great conductor of relationship. And, but at the gift level, which is again, when you're not in fight or flight and when you are in your natural state and you're experiencing these acidic bursts, but 
but most of us aren't, unless we're a saint, you know, aren't in that Siddic state all the time, but we get those bursts. But we can be in this gift state where we are responsive and receptive rather than reactive and suppressive. Where, okay, uh, teamwork is my life's work. So how do I bring that into what I'm doing for a living? Am I maximizing this gift? Am I using this in accordance with my priorities? And then if there's trauma or pain, like we said, that that hasn't, that's been avoided or hasn't really been, been allowed in to metabolize, the body hasn't experienced the metabolism of that pain, we may stay in the seed state or the shadow rather yeah, than the shadow, the shadow of exactly. that. Right. The shadow of that is interference. Right. And I talk about this in other podcasts is a couple of things about what you're saying came up as, as listening to you is, is that you're not authentic if you haven't gone through your own pain because you're not presenting who you really are. There's some secret within you that you haven't um, alchemized and you also um, are afraid to talk about and you are afraid to face. And so as a result of that, you're only projecting half of your potential to the world. That's the best way for me to say it. Not even Absolutely. half. It could be like slivers of your potential. Yeah. So you look at your life and you're so confused of why you haven't found your purpose and, and you know, why you're circling all around on a hamster wheel is because a, you haven't connected to your body. You don't have your systems connected. You don't know who you are because you've avoided half the half of you that's in pain. And that pain has to be alchemized, which is why I wrote alchemy becoming to alchemize the women to, to really look at these layers of themselves through the elements. Yes. And the elements are the path to awakening. And then when you awaken the elements, you awaken the senses. And, and then you can really connect to these parts of yourself, you know, that like, I didn't know that I was a writer. I was really bad at writing in college. My, one of my teachers told me I, I had a, um, a disability and wanted me to go, you know, to get checked by a doctor. And then I was dyslexic. And I said, and I, and I wanted, I, I said, I'll write my first book and I'll, and I'll tell you, and I'll, I'll give it to you. <laughs> and it wasn't that. It was that my trauma, I had never been, I'd never written a paper and I had been trauma, I had a lot of trauma from my childhood. So I went to college and I, and I had to, you know, write a paper and I, I would, my, I couldn't w- put words onto. So my seed hadn't grown yet. Yeah. And as I began to heal, I, w- you know, I, I, I was able to write. And so just because some, you know, you have a, you know, a dyslexia or an issue, or you're disabled in an area, that may be the area you actually want to look at, Absolutely. because that's the area you can more heal. So if you have a pain on the left side of your body, go into that pain, find what's in that muscle, find why you can't walk properly, and then from there you may find, oh my God, I didn't understand that, you know, this is actually connected to this memory because there's. One of my greatest teachers, which she wrote a book called Memory in the Bones. And it's all of the memories can be held in the chakra systems. All of these unconscious, unwound events. Yeah. So um, not it's even so powerful hour. your work. It's not even ours. Sometimes the, you know, we, we're born in with, with, again, we're born in with the karma and the samskaras. And it's not like kind of this Western understanding of what that means. But yeah, I always say that the, the, the pain... On the other side of that pain is actually your greatest gift. That's why it's so painful. And then what we've been taught is that we've been taught to hold shame and guilt around that. Like we can't, I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. I'm broken. I'm wrong. 
and I, I, I have to hide this in, in, in darkness. And the reality is every human, the beauty of, of the gene keys and even beyond, it's like there are 64 human expressions. So that combination could be infinite, but we all hold all 64 within our chromosomes. Within mm-hmm. these beautiful 26 chromosomes, we hold every single genetic expression. That's again, it's just, we all have a heart. We all have a cardiovascular system. We all have these chromosomes, but it's how those, again, when we're born, right? DNA responds to light. DNA is a messaging system. That's all DNA is. We, we, take in light and then we receive those messages and the DNA then reports those messages through our brain. And then our brain creates uh, a thought. We have a feeling, we have a body sensation. So it's just this big kind of reporting system. The moment we were born, the way that our DNA got lit, depending on how the earth was angled with the sun and the rest of the planets, ignited certain pronounced genetic expressions. But we all hold all 64. So it is this essentially coming back to the interdependence that we're all in this together. There's essentially nothing to be ashamed of. The beauty of pain and what I do and the work that I do with with everyone, particularly women, but it's really, it's anyone looking to have a greater experience of life. It's- Or find their purpose, right? Yeah, well, it's coming into the understanding that like whatever it is that you think you're hiding, Whatever it is that you think you're so ashamed of, every other human has felt it. Every human. Isn't it funny? I mean, let's just be crass for a moment. We, oh my God, I, somebody caught me and I was picking my nose. Well, find me a human who hasn't done that. Find me a human who hasn't farted. Like, but it's the, and I'm being a little crass, but just to make the point that it's like every human has had that dark feeling. Every one of us has had that feeling that we're not enough. Isn't it funny? Isn't it is the cosmic joke is on us. We're all feeling like we're not enough and we're trying to hide that. And the reality is we are always, 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 always enough because there is no such thing as enough or not enough. We just are. And so the, the, the quicker and the more efficiently we can come into the, ah, the gift state of our being and shed that guilt and that shame, the more that we open up that, heart space to the love frequency that is the healing curative energy for the entire collective. How do people find you? Uh, my website, which is just my name, Diane with two N's, S-Y-K-E-S.com. And it is the same on social with the exception of Instagram and it's trailblazing underscore mom. That's my handle on Instagram. I am pretty accessible to find on those places. I would say Facebook and and my website and um, putting together a a journal right now called Schedule Rebel. Um, It is actually available digitally and I hope to have it published this year. And it is, it's basically like a, your best friend. It's an opportunity for you to keep kind of your own personal diary that keeps you in harmony with the planets with your lunar centers with just flowing into the cosmos and um yeah that's that's awesome thank you so much for sharing everything it was all that was a great conversation oh yeah we could go on for hours i know we can (laughs) 